Holy God, creator of us all, thank you for giving us the blessing of diversity. Amen. Sometimes I wonder at my attempts at landscaping. A lawn of Bermuda grass on one side of a few concrete blocks with shrubs and flowering plants on the other. But Bermuda grass sends rhizomes underground and quickly becomes an invasive weed in the shrub bed. The grass doesn't understand that its rightful place is on one side of the arbitrary concrete blocks, but it is undesirable on the other side with the shrubs. Who is my neighbor? The road from Jericho to Jerusalem, the way of the blood, wound through rocky mountain terrain, losing 3,400 feet from Jerusalem down to Jericho in about 15 miles, which gave robbers opportunity to ambush and escape. We might assume the priest and the Levite, the worship assistant, would help the wounded one, but they pass by. Maybe they're on way to perform religious services too important to delay. Maybe they thought the victim was dead. Touching a dead body would render them ceremonially unclean for seven days and unable to conduct their professional responsibilities. Perhaps they were afraid, thinking that the man had been placed there to lure them into an ambush. Whatever their reasons, we too have reasons. We too have compelling duties. We don't want to get dirty. We too are afraid of stopping on a deserted road to help a stranger. We may be overwhelmed by the logistics of helping needy people. We may be even too lost in our own thoughts that we don't even see the man. I once passed my exit on I-10 by miles before I recognized it. And there was even a huge buggies at that exit. How many of us would do more than call 911? The Jericho Road, Reverend Edward Marquardt explains, is any place where there is violence, where there's suffering and oppression. It is where people are robbed of their dignity and their value as human beings, robbed of their freedom. The Jericho Road is all around us. The natural progression in first century storytelling would have been priest, Levite, Israelite, with the victim assumed to be Jewish. Jesus disrupts this expectation when he chooses a Samaritan as a third person. In that century's cultural code of honor and shame, Jews avoided contact with Samaritans if possible. Samaritans had opposed rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. They were considered ceremonially unclean, socially outcast, and religious heretics. A good Samaritan, shocking to Jesus' audience, was an oxymoron, no such person. The Samaritan could be one of any of a number of people that we tend to marginalize or dislike, or don't want to associate with. Who is my neighbor? 
Part of my seminary application included a spiritual autobiography. Included was a confusing childhood memory. I grew up on the upper Texas coast. One day my mother and I were near the back of a department store and I asked her why there were water fountains labeled white and colored. She shushed me and said, that's just the way it is. Her home, much of her growing up years, were the rooms behind her family grocery store where I spent many summer days. I didn't understand why those grocery patrons would have a different water fountain. Then 40 years later, I wondered why I included and shared that indelible memory, for surely it was unnecessary. Now, 24 years later, clearly much progress still needs to be made. The robbery victim, traveling alone in dangerous territory, had taken a chance and lost. The Samaritan did not ask whether the victim brought on his own troubles. He just stopped to help. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. explained, the first question the priest and the Levite asked was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But the Samaritan reversed the question. If I don't stop and help this man, what's going to happen to him? We're inclined to sort needy people into deserving and undeserving groups, excusing ourselves from helping those we consider the latter. Jesus ate and mingled with outcasts and sinners in his day. Who is my neighbor? Journalist Maria Hinosa wrote about human rights abuses several years ago in privately run detention camps that were worse than prisons, that were more concerned with making large profits than they were with providing decent care. Even people with green cards, legal permanent residents, were picked up by ICE agents in SWAT gear at 4 a.m because of minor offenses taken care of decades ago. Some of these were kept for years, given expired food that even had maggots, were beaten, sexually assaulted in camera-blind areas, and quickly deported if they tried to speak out or if they became pregnant. Some were business owners with employees to support in addition to their families. And we know we have a humanitarian crisis at the border now. The lawyer in the gospel asks, who is my neighbor? And it is a question a neighborhood watch program asks. It is easy for us to see strangers as neighbors instead of as, uh, to see strangers as enemies instead of as neighbors or future friends. Grant Gallant says that neighbors won't always be on a road in filthy clothes bleeding. We can find a neighbor where anyone's sickness confronts our health, when another's poverty confronts our wealth, where another's lack of education confronts our education, in whatever situation that calls us to compassion 
and sharing. To Mr. Lawyer in the Gospel, don't just stop with helping the injured. Work to make the road between Jerusalem and Jericho safer, well lit, and to have the communities around it with economic opportunities so that that will deter crime. Even when we have no abundance of health or wealth or wisdom to bestow, the gospel continues to be where one hungry person tells another hungry person where to find bread, like a good neighbor would do. Now suppose you're the one on the road, on the side of the road. What happens if you are the recipient of charity from a person who belongs to a particular group that you dislike? You might be startled, shamed, even embarrassed. And you might also find yourself rethinking your attitudes in ways that don't happen if you were in the superior position of providing charity to such folks rather than taking it from them. Each of us need and deserve both treating and being treated humanely, both giving and receiving mercy, binding up each other's wounds, physical or emotional, and taking care of one another like good neighbors do. In our homes, we might do well to think of family members of neighbors because we often treat family members worst of all. In our daily life, we have opportunities to be good neighbors, to stop malicious or false gossip, to not join in mudslinging, to listen to and to assist someone in distress, someone who could use support or lifting up. Who is my neighbor? It raises questions about race, immigration, faith beliefs, sexual preference, piercings, those who have differing opinions, where do we stop categorizing? Who is my neighbor touches every aspect of our lives. The man in the gospel thinks he can be selective about who he cares about, doesn't want to be cured of his ongoing prejudice. He wanted an excuse to stay the way he was. Jesus was rejected by a Samaritan village we read two weeks ago. Could you make a hero out of someone who just rejected you? The Samaritan, as he bandaged the victim, assumed to be Jewish, didn't slur more than he would have done for me. Regardless of who the beaten person was, where he was from, his social status, his religion, he's a person, any person and every person. Nothing blocks compassion quicker than refusing to identify with another person as a person. Pope John Paul II said, one's neighbor is not only a human being with his or her own rights and a fundamental equality with everyone else, but is the living image of God. The Anglican Archbishop of Central Africa shared its custom at the passing of the peace. 
taking the hand of the nearby person, looking into their eyes and saying, I love the face of Christ, I see. I love the face of Christ, I see. I love the face of Christ, I see. If we say we love God but don't love our neighbor, the image of the living God, are we loving God? No one is beyond God's mercy, grace, and redemption. No one is beyond the reach of God's love. As we recently celebrated our country's Independence Day, we can recall Emma Lazarus' poem on the pedestal of the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Too many in this country are still yearning to breathe free. God wants us to breathe free and chooses ordinary people to accomplish meaningful acts through them. Even a Samaritan, even me, even you. I was drawn to Rick largely because of your ethos, your inclusivity, your promotion of diversity, and your care about your many neighbors. You have signs welcoming diverse peoples as your neighbors. Jennifer and the middle and high school students recently ministered to neighbors around San Antonio and Austin, even working outside in extreme heat. A couple of days a week, I'm at our diocesan-sponsored respite center, Plaza de Paz, where asylum seekers are brought by Border Patrol. They can eat there, shower, rest, receive a change of clothes, have travel arrangements to go to their sponsors, and are driven to the airport or to the bus station. There they may receive uh, IWC, Interfaith Welcome Coalition, backpack. Maybe some of the many that you yourselves fill monthly. Those neighbors and I thank you and also your actual neighborhood. They thank you for your food pantry and lending library. Jesus leads us to redefine neighbor, not in terms of boundaries, but in terms of relationships and human needs. As it's one who shows mercy, and Jesus said, go and do likewise. The call to go and do likewise is challenging and transforming. Today's gospel is a call to action, a call to see the dignity in all persons, a call for the church to live fully into its mission as the body of Christ, a call to the way of love, the way of justice and peace. As Jennifer reminded us at VBS, Very Best Sunday Nights this week, live out our diocesan theme for this year from 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Encourage one another and build each other up. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's a beautiful day to be a neighbor. <laughs>